0: Bom bum, 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 bum. What's up, everyone? It's another episode of What Do You Want to Watch? The show where myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks talk about things that we like to watch. And this week, with the release of The Batman, we're going to go ahead and we're going to have a little conversation about which movie's better. You know, movies are... are rarely objective, they're always subjective, and there's gonna be bias here, but we wanna talk about our other favorite Batman movie, The Dark Knight. So this week, we're gonna be breaking down both films and talking about which one we think is better. It's episode five of What Do You Wanna Watch? Coming up now. All right, everyone, so like I said in the intro, we're going to be talking this week about The Dark Knight and The Batman, which one we think is better. First, let's break down The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, of course, is the sequel to Batman Begins, the second in Nolan's original Batman trilogy that came out in the mid to late 2000s. It was written and directed by Christopher Nolan, also written by Jonathan Nolan, his brother, and the story is originally by David S. Goyer. It was released in July... 18th, 2008. Dirks and I were both eight years old. And it made over one billion dollars, which may not sound like a lot now considering the kind of massive movies that we've had, but for a superhero film, the gross over a billion dollars at this point Mm -hmm. was humongous news. It was nominated for eight Oscars, one, two, including Best Supporting Actor from Heath Ledger, who played the now iconic version of the Joker. Dirks, I know this is one of your favorite movies of all time, why
1: do you love The Dark Knight so much? Um, I think one of the big reasons is, uh, you just mentioned him, Uh, I think Heath Ledger, um, did just an absolute incredible job, um, and I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this now, I'm gonna think about after I said it, but I think it's one of the best, like, villain performances of any superhero, superhero movie we've seen. Yeah, I Um, agree. Just, I mean, even just, like, looking into it, like, behind the scenes stuff, like, Heath Ledger locked himself in a hotel room for a month, by himself and didn't leave for an entire month, and he made like a scrapbook of what his character, the Joker, would look like. And he got like the laugh down, his uh, the way he talked. The you want to know how I got these scars? Story like all that stuff just by himself. Um, yeah, he just he just got it down. Didn't have uh, you know, like wasn't wasn't influenced by anybody, but was simply just in the room by himself and was like trying to make the character. To, you know to what it was on the screen to what it is on the screen um and I think he did an absolute uh incredible job you know uh, unfortunate you think I think the training for this and the um preparation and just what he did to get the character on screen I think that did kind of lead to you know his eventual passing away which is which is sad
0: and that happened um, for those of you that don't know that happened actually before the movie was officially released mm-hmm. Um, and then he is one of the few actors to be awarded an Oscar posthumously. Yeah, uh, his best, best supporting actor win, which sometimes you could read that as, you know, kind of the Academy maybe like, oh, we're gonna give it to Heath Ledger because he passed, and this is such an important moment. No, that is not this case. Mm-hmm. This is one of the best performances of all time. Where would you rank this? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw probably the three most popular Jokers at you. Okay, so Jack Nicholson's Joker from. From the original Batman movie starring Michael Keaton in 1989. And you have Joaquin Phoenix's Joker from The Joker, a movie that just came out a few years ago. And then you have Heath Ledger's. Rank them for me. One, two, and three.
1: Hmm. This is a good question. Thank you. This is tough. It's tough, too. I don't want to...
0: I think that we can go in saying all three of them are amazing performances. Yes, yeah. right? so which this, is why I'm kind of sitting here so, like
1: what makes one of them stand out or, to, you know, from yeah, so being the third
0: in this race is not – it's not a shame. It's getting third at the Olympics, not third at
1: the U.S. trials, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think I, – I still think Heath Ledger's Joker is yep. Um He he literally painted his face himself before every scene. He'd go on and throw it on. You saw paint on his hands. That's literally from him just slapping the paint on his face. And it being messy like that, literally fit the character so well. And even, like, if you've noticed, like, he, like, licks his, the outside of his mouth. He, mm-hmm. like, did that to keep the makeup on out of habit. And they noticed that. And, like, he decided to stay. Ext- like, just little stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the hospital scene. They actually blew up that hospital. And it actually, like, stopped. The explosive stopped detonating at one point. And so him, like, clicking the button, all that's ad lib. Like, there's so many things in the movie that he does off script uh, while the camera's still rolling. And thankfully, Christopher Nolan just left that rolling. Like, just different stuff like that. Uh, I just watched it today actually to prepare for this. And um I really I just I really think Keith Ledger's one um it's tough. That I don't want to 2 and
0: 3 is difficult.
1: I don't want to put Jack Nogus in 3 just because it was such a long time ago and you, it, the movie's kind of cheesy. It's a
0: little campy. It's a definitely different take on the Joker. He's more like I'm a weird clown mm-hmm. than than I think future iterations were but so you're putting so you are Joaquin will
1: be too and yeah just because that's just like crazy like you know it starts out like oh this guy's just bullied and has like a issue and then shoots like three guys in the hotel sub in the the subway and you're like oh my gosh very disturbing
0: I think maybe the most disturbing Joker that we've ever seen is Mm Phoenix's I would I would switch the order of the last two I would put Nicholson too and and well, and Jack Nicholson's an incredible the actor. Three. Yeah, one of the Nicholson's better. one of the best actors of all time. Yeah, which I think, what is so sad about Heath Ledger, um, it's sad when you lose a person anytime. But mm-hmm. Ledger was so young, twenty-eight, and already was just absolutely throwing haymakers. Um, and was going, a shoe in to be, you know, we talk about DiCaprio and we talk about guys like that that are always going to be there at the top. And every time they release a movie, it's an event. Ledger was going to be there. Yep. Okay. Brokeback Mountain was fantastic and his performance was fantastic. And you have the Dark Knight too. Like he was already, he was just mm-hmm. going to be throwing fastballs for the rest of his career. And that's yeah. really sad.
1: And even, I remember even Jack Nicholson was asked about it th- right after he died. And he says like on camera, he's like, I warned him not to get too deep into the role. hmm And he walks away. Yeah. It's like, oh, my goodness. It's so
0: sad what happened.
1: So nonetheless, though, an incredible, incredible performance. Absolutely incredible
0: performance. Let's talk a little bit more about the movie. Um, So Christopher Nolan directed, obviously. Um, I think he, he had a penchant for making Batman, I think, more realistic, more... Grounded, um, mm-hmm. it was kind of his goal, especially when you compare it to the 1989 version, where there's, you know, the Joker is holding a parade, dancing to Prince music with poison filled balloons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little, it's a little campy. It's a little, what the heck is going on here? Mm-hmm. Nolan's was not that way. I know you are a lover of Nolan's movies. What attracts, what what attracts you about Nolan's movies? What do you enjoy about them? Because all of them are kind of of this
1: style, I would mm-hmm. say. Well, first of all, I think his really partner in most of his movies, Hans Zimmer, helps a lot of that. Absolutely. With the soundtrack being behind that. I mean, I think a soundtrack can't necessarily make your movie worse, but it can definitely, with the right like, s- music playing behind a scene, can significantly just improve uh, the feeling, kind of what you're going for, the intensity. I yes. mean, if you've seen Inception and Interstellar, like, The intensity of the music gets you also intense, right? Your heartbeat gets you kind of into the movie, and I think that helps with that. Also, I just love his visuals. Um, How do I even... I I, I mean, I watched Interstellar last, yesterday, Mm -hmm. and there's, like, a shot of, like, the planet, like, just Jupiter, and then the tiny, tiny little white dot, you see their space station, like, rolling through. And it's just, like, little, like... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to explain it. He just has, like... I love his, like... Maybe just wide-angle shots. They're just really, really well done. Um, and then, which something else he's you know really most known for is the practical effects, right? And mm-hmm. The Dark Knight. There's a scene where um, a semi is hits this like tripwire almost, and it flies it up and over and lands on its back. Like I don't know how to explain that. Like 180, you know?
0: Yeah, it it flips essentially mm-hmm. and lands. Yeah. And they actually that
1: they actually blew up a hospital in Houston. Like. When filming this, you know, for Tenet, they actually crashed a uh, 747 into an airport hangar. Like he actually, like he
0: does these things. He bought. He normally makes insanely expensive purchases mm-hmm. and actually demos these rather than using CGI. And, and the easy tell- way,
1: not necessarily the cheaper way, because CGI can be expensive. But the easier way could do just a CGI uh, airplane crashing. But no, he yeah, he buys the hangar, buys an airplane, and does this. And it's like he puts so much time into his movies, it, just in that aspect alone, and. I think that's just really uh, attractive to see. Mm-hmm.
0: We should also note that um, James Newton Howard also contributed to the the score of The Dark Knight, which is it's got some very very iconic themes that you can think of at any point. I I love I love going back and listening to scores from films where I can picture the exact moment. Yeah, you know that's how you know it's a good and, score, and that's how yeah that's how it's memorable for you. So when you can picture like moments in the movie um, when you hear certain parts of the score, uh, that mm-hmm. you can just you can absolutely see that. Um, yeah. So let's talk about. I want to talk about Batman specifically. I think that I think that we can heap praise upon Ledger, and he he deserves it absolutely for that performance. But let's talk about Bale as Batman. How do you feel about about Bale in this movie, specifically about how he
1: carries himself as Batman? Um, I like I like it. I think he's a better Bruce Wayne than he is a Batman. Yeah, he's I would. He's very agree. good being the rich. Uh, cocky, like, oh, we can move these tables together. I own the place. Like, you know, he says that in the movie. Like, he's very good at being Bruce Wayne. But I like his Batman, but I think he's a better Bruce Wayne.
0: Yeah, and I Um, I would agree. I think that he's doing sometimes a foil, or not a foil, a version of patrick bateman for those of you that have seen american psycho where he's like a wall street investor who's obsessed with being cool and stuff and i don't think he's doing the same because american psycho is about a guy that's essentially a serial killer Mm -hmm. and bruce wayne is for sure not that but he's kind of doing that he is like the aloof famous guy in public who you know even in this movie he acts like he's not aware at all he does a good job of covering because Mm -hmm. at one point um in this film uh, there's a hard to explain the plot without just watching it it's two and a half hours Mm -hmm. but he essentially saves somebody's life that the Joker has been ordered to kill by driving his Lamborghini to prevent somebody from t-boning a police vehicle and killing someone and his cover is he was trying to make the light and and it would it wouldn't make sense if you thought Bruce was like a good philanthropist like knew what he was going on but he the way that he plays Bruce Wayne is it's clear he's just throwing money at problems Mm -hmm. and doesn't he acts like he doesn't pay attention, so I think that it's very effective.
1: I will say too, also, I love how they go about that, like especially like in that dinner scene where he's Harvey Dent's talking, like you either li- uh, die a hero or live long enough to become a villain. I just love his facial expression and like watching Harvey talk because he's like, I can't do this forever. Mm-hmm. Like, someone else has to take this up, or I'm gonna get someone killed, or I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah, like, so I love his in the second movie specifically that process of him like. And I can't do this forever. You're
0: watching. You're watching Bale kind of realize that he has somebody to take the mantle from. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Harvey Dent, that's a that is another very strong part, and I think underrated part of this movie that people don't talk about a lot. Aaron Eckhart is fantastic as Dent. One of his also, best performances. The special effects, whenever he turns into Two Face. Yeah. Um, I remember that terrifying me as mm-hmm. a kid. Whenever I first watched the movie, that was scarier to me than the Joker was. Mm-hmm. Like. You know, because you see, you see the muscles, you see the tendons, the eyeball, you see, you see, see like, sh- like mostly eyeball, the know, his eyes just sitting there. But Eckhart is is fantastic. Is kind of this guy who's hell bent on on cleaning up Gotham's the white corruption. Knight. But also, you can see even the seeds of Two Face before. He goes a little too far. He mm-hmm. threatens to murder the guy that helped stage the attack against. Uh, the mayor mm-hmm. during the commissioner's pu- funeral
1: um and like doing whatever it takes to get the answers or what he wants right and, and then you, mean, can, you yeah.
0: can see that he's willing to go kind of above and beyond the law to to do what he thinks is is right um yeah so i i think he is another underrated
1: apparently partner. they used uh, makeup and cgi in that like half of it was makeup and the um, probably the eyeball and obviously the muscles were cgi but i guess the rest of that they actually put most of his, ha- like, half of his face in, like, that makeup to look like his face got burned.
0: I can't imagine that would be easy as an actor trying to portray that kind of emotion when you know that only really half of your face is going to be mm-hmm. in the scene, and the other half is going to be present, but it's not going to be your face anymore. Mm-hmm. That's got to be very difficult. Uh, okay, so I want you now, I have asked you to rank something already. I want you to now rank the Nolan trilogy for me. Uh, so we have Batman Begins came out before this, mm-hmm. where... Uh, just a re- plot refresher for people. It's yeah. it's Batman's origin story. Um, kind of gets trained by Ra's al Ghul and then thwarts a plot between Ra's al Ghul and Simon Crane Or um, for they're trying to take over Gotham using fear toxin, essentially, mm-hmm. Scarecrow. Um, and
1: he realizes that he doesn't want to be involved yeah. anymore.
0: Yeah, and then you have um, Rises, which is the one that follows this film, 2012. It's the one with Anne Hathaway playing... Catwoman and Tom Hardy as Bane, where Tom Hardy essentially takes the city hostage for a long time. Uh, his Bane does, and Batman, like this, is kind of the end of the Bat story. You know, mm-hmm. he breaks his back, he rehabs himself, he comes back, and he like the end of the movie. ends, spoiler alert, with with Batman flying and nuke out into the ocean, right? And mm-hmm. you never know whether he lives um, from the blaster dies so rank those for me what what's your order I think we all know Dark Knight is going to be number one so what's yeah. two and three
1: uh two for me is Dark Knight Rises which I know you like the first one more yes. and then three is Dark Knight uh Batman Begins I mean um I just I actually just watched that Saturday just because I needed to finish it because I was re-watching him and then I realized well, I'm watching the new Batman tonight that's not on purpose mm-hmm. um but Tom Hardy just does an absolutely incredible job um with that and uh I just really like how again another Tom Hardy is another actor that's just like, just does so well in every movie he's in. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like I I love Nolan's like use like when the the football field like like collapses and like I'm pretty sure actually I for I paid attention this time and I could see Ben Roethlisberger and I could see uh, Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward is the one that's running the football. The and way. then what's the, what's the head coach? He's not Mike a coach Tumman? anymore. No, he's, he's a, a white guy. He's, on the, he's Bill, a, Cower. Bill, Cowher. Bill Cower. Bill Cower. I was paying attention and they actually like, I could see those players and stuff. Yeah. Um, but like, again, he rented out the stadium and I'm pretty sure that stadium was actually full of people. I don't know if it was CGI. Uh, and like obviously uh, did not blow up the field. No, 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 <laughs> Um, <laughs> and just the like
0: Steelers probably wouldn't have been big fans of that. And,
1: but. uh, Oh, what's her she's an in inception too? Um Leonardo's wife. Yes, 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 yeah, Tally the the woman who plays Tally Agul, which you're
0: looking up the name and I'm vamping until you can find the name because I can't ever remember the actress's name either. She she's also good. Her motivation in that movie for me is a little sometimes a little iffy. I don't I'm not a fan of Rises. I think it's because I get let down so much from what the Dark Knight was. And I know that, that we can talk about this that Nolan's plan was not um, to have Bane as the main villain in Rises. Mm-hmm. Originally, he wanted the story to end with Batman and Joker showing the and showdown, the final showdown, and was, obviously couldn't was do that.
1: Bane going to be in there anyway, or I, was it going to be a Joker I, again?
0: I believe he was going to have tertiary villains. I don't know if, if Bane was the original plan, but I do know that like he envisioned the trilogy as like, Batman becomes Batman, fights smaller villains, confrontation with Joker... But not really an ending because if you remember, at the end of Dark Knight, Joker is left kind of hanging upside down from a building. But it's clear that he's still alive, and mm-hmm. even if he gets he sent got to caught prison... once before, yes. Yeah, even if he gets sent to prison, I mean, the man the man is going to probably get out. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, we of uh, course have that.
1: Marion Cotillard. Okay. Yeah. And she does a very good job. Yeah, and that is tough too because you know you know Nolan had this entire trilogy written out probably in planned, mm-hmm. and like, right. Like, that's more important. Like, mm-hmm. Heath passing away is important, so it's not like, oh, how could he do that? You know, but, like, it still, like, messes up the plans almost, and you're like, now what do we do? But, um, yeah, I, I know you aren't fond of that um, film, but I I just, I, I, I enjoy it. I, I will say, going back to this, um, I, uh, first of all, Gary Oldman, Heath Ledger, of course, Christian Bale, Aaron Eckhart, Maggie Gyllenhaal Maggie Gillenhall is Rachel Dawes, Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, First of all, this cast is Absolutely Sorry, stacked. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I do wish Two-Face would have played more like I wish he wouldn't have died. Yeah. Cuz I feel like in the comics he's a big villain. He's important to the role mm-hmm. important to the plot and I, I wish he'd done a, a little more with that. Now I guess we found out he wanted to do more Joker as the main villain, but right.
0: but and that and you know hindsight is 2020, but you know if he doesn't kill Two-Face and kills Joker instead at the end. Obviously, he would then have an established villain from a previous film take over in the next film. Not
1: realizing that Ledger would pass away, though. You right, know, of course.
0: And uh, and um, in the comic books, which I'm going to say in the comic books, uh, I don't read the comics. I've done research for these films, and I've also played the Arkham Batman Arkham game. So I do have a knowledge of Batman, but I'm no by no means saying that it's deep. But I do know in the comic books that Two-Face is a rather large crime boss, mm-hmm. and a mob figurehead in the future, kind of he becomes the very people that he sought to destroy. So yeah. so yeah, I, I think I forgot some stuff. Some of the stuff that I think, I, I actually took notes on this one. I, I also watched The Dark Knight this weekend in preparation um, for our podcast, and I think that I forgot some some stuff that happens in it, and I just wanna talk about a couple of them a little bit. Um, he uses the back signal for for an intimidation factor. Mm. Um, the same thing that we will talk about later Reeves does but I don't feel like it was done super effectively in The Dark Knight it's kind of a throwaway line um, they say like that you see like a drug deal happening on the street and then the guy looks up and obviously sees the like bat nah signal man. and he's like nah man not tonight it just kind of feels weak um, they use two of the same crime bosses uh, Maroni and Falcone um, which are steeped in, in Batman mythology they're mm-hmm. kind of always pop up at the beginning of Batman stories so I thought it was cool for for him to do that. Um. Uh, and The Dark Knight also uses something that has popped up a lot in later movies. It's kind of the first one to not necessarily use social media, but I forgot the Joker like re- records killing one of the guys, and that's like one of the most ter- harrowing scenes yeah. in the film. And I think that that's something Shy- that is a blueprint used a lot later on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of like the terrifying news broadcast of like, oh my god, we found this cell phone footage that we're going to show you unedited by the way, what is the Gotham city news corporation doing? Just not even trying to edit some of these things. Like, yeah, you wanted to show the describing content. If it bleeds, it leads, mm-hmm. but come on people. <sighs> this is a person being full on murdered and there are children. It is six 30 at night. There are children watching mm-hmm. TV. Maybe chill out a little. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Um, one thing I do want to talk about is the opening sequence. Um, I'm a heist guy. I love heists. How do you feel about the way this this movie starts? Because it doesn't even start with Batman. It starts with Joker.
1: I think it's beautiful, and Hans Zimmer with the music. Mm -hmm. Like it starts with the the the, the ticking, the the ticking, and the violins, like slowly building and adding more violins, getting louder and louder and louder. No, I think it's very uh, well done, and like Joker doesn't like doesn't reveal himself. He's just one of the guys, you know. Yeah. And then, you know.
0: Yeah, it does the job. Um, I, no, I'm, I'm a,
1: supposed to kill the bus driver. You yeah. Know? What bus driver? And then, you know. I, love,
0: I love the, like, kills each individual. Everybody has instructions to kill somebody else. I think that they said it right from the moment that this Joker, more than anything, does not care about other people and is in it for chaos. Mm-hmm. He's making chaos for chaos's sake. You know, the, the whole opening sequence, it's planned meticulously. Like many parts a of the Silent
1: alarm, everything was beautifully, He yeah.
0: says that he's not a guy with a plan, but he is a man with an elaborate plan. Mm-hmm. But his elaborate plan, is in goal is to create chaos yep. and create fear. It's not for wealth gain. It's not for anything. He just wants to, and at the beginning of the movie, he's not, he, it may seem like he's robbing a bank to get money, but he's robbing the bank to create fear within the mob. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not. Yeah. He's not trying to take their money. He burns it at the end of the film. Yeah, but he's doing it it's to not create chaos about money. Yeah, you know? the, well, deserve a better class. Yeah, of criminal.
1: When I think that's why one of my favorite lines of all time is by Michael Caine, and he tells the story of the guy who stole the ruby gems, like in the, uh, in in the jungle, you know, in some like Southeast Asia or, or wherever, and like used you know saying how, they couldn't find him and they did they couldn't find a reason. They found the ruby gems later. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't find the guy, and you know, Christian Bill's like, they revisit it. And he's like, So, what, how did you catch him if there was really no plan with it? And Michael Caine said, We had to burn the f- whole entire forest down to find him. Yeah. Like, he's like, Some guys aren't meant to be bought, bullied, or messed with. They just like to see chaos. Like, that's just such an important, I think, like story in this movie because that literally is what the Joker is. Mm-hmm. He just can't be bought. He can't be bullied. He can't be reasoned with. He can just. Like, he just wants to see chaos. And I
0: think one of the, so Batman uses fear and intimidation, right? Obviously, that's his main tactic. But I think one of the most powerful parts of the movie is is when he's investigating and he's, you know, trying to intimidate these lower-level criminals and stuff, and they're pretty much telling him, like, they figured you out. You're not scary anymore. Like, th- compared to the Joker, like, yes, you can beat us up, but we know the line you're not going to cross. We know you won't kill us. We know you won't hunt down our families. Mm-hmm. You know, Joker is willing to do that. and he really just becomes a terror because he's so unhinged and you never know what he's going to do so yeah i and that's once again just to ledger's performance you know i think that we both enjoy the interrogation sequence whenever that's
1: the greatest scene in the entire movie yeah batman is just like
0: you know using his normal tactics he's He's hitting him around. He's smacking him around. Joker is laughing. You, you have know. nothing against me. Yeah. You have nothing to threaten me with. Yeah, He's know? like, I I don't... W-, and then he goes, why do you want to kill me? He's like, I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Yeah. Like It's the kind of the foil, the relationship that exists between them, that one needs the other. In many ways, Batman would never admit it, but he kind of needs the Joker. Mm-hmm. And the Joker for sure needs Batman,
1: and that's what he thrives off of. But highly, highly, highly recommend this movie.
0: Yeah, if you haven't seen The Dark Knight yet, I don't really know what you're doing, Um, but you probably... Uh, it's on HBO Max. And I believe it's also Netflix. on I Netflix. I watched it on Netflix at today. the same time. So um, if you haven't seen that yet, go out and watch it. We're gonna take we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna be back to discuss the newest film, The Batman. However, promises that we are going to do our best to avoid spoilers. We know that this movie has only been out for essentially a weekend at this moment. So um, we're gonna take a quick little break, and then we'll be back to talk about the Batman. <laughs> All right, welcome back, everyone. And we are now talking about our second film of the podcast. It's the 2022 release, The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, Colin Farrell, John Turturro. It's just a stacked cast. It really is. Um, what was your initial reaction coming out of this film? What did you think?
1: Wow. That was mine. Yep. I, I really liked it. Um, I want to watch it again. I feel like there was just so much information and it was a late movie, like I wanna watch it again Because I feel like I miss it, really. I feel like I missed stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, I really liked it. I thought it was very well done. Um I loved I loved this take on the Batman. I love right, people always say, like, oh, we're gonna do a different Joker. Oh, we're gonna do a different mm-hmm. this or that. I've never I've not heard really people when they do like a Batman movie, like, Oh, we're gonna make the Batman different. You know what I mean? Like and for the first time I really I liked how I liked how they did this.
0: Yeah. I like that um, you can see homages to previous Batman content. You can see some threads even that are that are similar between Nolan's Batman and and Reeves' Batman, but they don't feel the same. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like the fourth Christopher Nolan Batman movie. You know, Reeves is taking this in a completely different direction and And Pattinson, especially, is taking the character in a different direction, Mm -hmm. and I think that's what we both enjoyed. So, obviously, this was released March 4th. um, It's so far made $248 million worldwide. It's on track for a billion. I think it's going to clear that easily. Actually, it's coming to HBO Max in April as well, so if you don't want to go to a theater, you can just wait it out a little bit, um, and you can see it there. Three-hour runtime. This was on our most anticipated movies of 2022 list that we we talked about in a previous episode and i think that for me as well wow was my response Mm -hmm. it lived up to the hype for me i was it was something i was looking forward to all the trailers that got me excited although afterwards i wish um that i hadn't watched them as much because i think that a lot of things that i probably would have had more connection to we talk about it doesn't have Spider Man No Way Home energy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like if you don't go and see this right away, you're going to miss a massive spoiler online and it's going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. But I would have liked to, you know, maybe not know as much about stuff, yeah. um, especially that Nirvana song that hits something in the way whenever the needle drop happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think if I didn't know that song existed in the movie, I would have yeah. really freaked out. Um, but let's talk, uh, let's talk kind of about, about how this movie maybe differs from, from The Dark Knight. I think the first thing. Without without getting into spoiler territory, the first thing is the way Gotham City feels. Uh, would you mm. agree with me that I think this Gotham City feels more like its own place rather than they filmed in another city? Because for The Dark Knight, they filmed in Chicago. And I think as much as that is Gotham to me, it's Chicago. Mm. And I can see it as Chicago. Where this doesn't
1: feel like another city, it feels like Gotham City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with you. I uh, There were a couple... You know, there's a couple scenes where you're like, I wonder... Like where this, I wonder if this was like mm-hmm. in Manhattan or whatever, you know, but yeah, for, they did a good job of like disguising and, you know, maybe special effects of changing a couple things of like, okay, this feels like its own city, you know?
0: Yeah. I think the shot that resembles um, probably what you're talking about, I think is at the beginning of the movie, that kind of Times Square shot where you have mm-hmm. like, you know, just the giant ad billboards and stuff, but even like the congestion and stuff, it's, I've been to Times Square in real life brag, not brag. Um, I've been to Times Square, and it's not like that. Like, it feels more congested in this movie. This, it's dark. This movie is physically dark. It's dark in tone, but it's also just dark. Like, the mm-hmm. lighting is dark. Yeah. Um, I think that one of the most powerful things that they use is, is the dark is, you know, Batman's that he uses that historically as intimidation. You know, he, that's why he wears black. That's why he, he goes out at night. You know, he hides in the dark. He uses the dark as fear. And this film is so dark that you're kind of checking corners, you know? If mm-hmm. Batman's not already in the scene, you're looking. Yeah, you're looking for him, and it's rainy. Good lord, is this?
1: I think it rains every scene. <laughs> there
0: is so much well, rain in this. Buy buy an umbrella if you're living in yeah. Gotham. That's all well, I'm and
1: Matt say. Reeves explained that like he feels it, Batman's in the past, right? That's you mentioned like Batman kind of lives in the shadows. So he you know he feels like at some points the Batman can be kind of seen as cheesy in his outfit, and he's like, well, to counter that, I think putting less light on him, mm-hmm. you know. Allows you to look like a sick scene, or to look really cool, and and also it actually just captures of what his ca- character, the Batman, is supposed to be. and I and I would agree with him. Again, like, some of the scenes where there's less light than you would probably expect, um, and it turns it, it kind of turns it into a really cool scene and a cool um, mm-hmm. kind of shot of what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. So I would
0: describe Nolan's um, Batman movie, specifically The Dark Knight, as as more action films in terms of they're about big set pieces. And, and just giant moving parts. Mm-hmm. And this film is very much a hard-boiled detective film. Yeah. It, it is about Batman seeking to solve crimes and connect dots to uncover corruption in Gotham. And I, I'm not saying that I think one is better than the other because I think both have their merits. But I, I, like you said, it was refreshing for this to be a little different. Mm-hmm. It felt it felt more like a crime drama movie, mm-hmm. more akin to movie we talked about last week, Seven, than you know, uh, Inception yeah. action. Yeah,
1: know? I'm glad it wasn't a copy and paste because you would be sitting there for three hours. Like, y- Nolan did this better. Oh, this was better than Nolan. No- you know, you don't want to do that. And I'm I'm glad it was a completely, really, completely different movie than from what Nolan did.
0: Right. And then we're going on and comparing them. and going to see which one's better. But that's yeah. this debate's been raging on the internet. We didn't start it. We're just looking that's to true. to give our input. Um. So the the plot of the film, um. Don't want to spoil too much, obviously, but it's the Riddler begins murdering, uh high-valued people in Gotham, yeah. um, and he has an agenda to bring things to the light, and you don't really know what's going on at all. Um, and this movie kicks off right away with a uh, Murder, is the, yeah. is the opening sequence. But kind of spooky. Kind of got me. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't ready for it. Yeah, just first of all, there's a jump scare, which yeah. what the heck, but the way that they use the camera mm-hmm. in this film and that it's not a static, it's not a steady cam, it's not just following you around. You know, sometimes you're in Batman's visor. Sometimes you're in what the Riddler's costume. Other times you're looking at things from the POV of, of Catwoman, of Zoe Kravitz's character, mm-hmm. Selena Kyle. And I just love how it shifts. I never got bored. I never felt like, you know, this is a three-hour movie. And in three-hour movies, even ones that I love, you know, you can slog a little bit, but mm-hmm. I didn't ever feel that. I think they could have shaved maybe fifteen minutes. I was off gonna of this ask, film. do you
1: think they could, there's? Do you think at parts they could have been like, okay, we could either not have this I or think, cut it down?
0: I think that, um, and not that I'm saying Reeves thinks audiences are dumb because I don't think so, but there is a lot, a lot of exposition dumps in this film. He's trying to explain, I think, thirty to forty years of Gotham history, especially mm-hmm. political history, mm-hmm. to to the audience, and at times it feels like, okay, you didn't have to spell this out for us. Um, I think you could have left this one a little bit unturned you know and I think that that's a desire especially with comic book movies now is we love to to read into every scene and to understand and have everything explained for us and and want to know every little detail and how all the easter eggs connect and I felt like there was some maybe some over explanation in that part I think that one of the things that I enjoyed about the film was Kravitz's performance as a whole but I felt like her character was having to explain a lot of her backstory to Bruce Mm. whenever I think they could have left some of it to the imagination. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about that, by the way. The bat and the cat. That's been the marketing for this. That the relationship between them, how they interact with each other, the poster, you know, the press tour, you've been seeing interviews with Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson. How did you feel about their relationship in this film?
1: Um I Okay, I don't wanna I don't want to give it away. I liked it. I think it was good. Um, a couple parts, I was like, "All right, what's gonna happen here?" You know, um, but I, I thought it was—I thought it was okay. Uh, how do I not? I don't want get- to. It's hard to not spoil it. Yeah, I um I
0: think that what I'll say about it is they have great chemistry. Yeah. They are—they are, they are they very do. naturally kinetic, and and in a movie, you know, you don't have time over TV shows, like you do in TV shows. I don't know what I'm saying. You don't have time like you do in a TV show to build a relationship over seasons right? You only have three hours where these characters are, and two and a half hours of your Batman movie can't be wasted on trying to make sure Batman and Catwoman can get along with each other, and it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I think you can tell that naturally, and it's because of maybe Catwoman's motivation in this film, which isn't the normal Catwoman motivation is what I'll say, and it's not Anne Hathaway's. It's, yes, all iterations of Catwoman normally, I think Michelle Pfeiffer's is a little different, but they normally are good people that are stealing and they're trying to steal from bad people, you know. They're trying to steal from the rich, the elite, the the super wealthy, mm-hmm. and give back to the poor. And that is some of Selena Kyle's motivation in this one. But it's more pure than that, I think it's more visceral than that in this film. And I think that that helps her not just she doesn't she feels multidimensional. And I think sometimes. And my critique of Dark Knight Rises was I don't feel Catwoman is multidimensional in that film. I think Anne Hathaway was kind of forced into a box in many ways Mm. in that movie. And I do not feel that Kravitz is ever forced into a box. Actually, it came out of this wanting a Catwoman movie. Like, I think she's great. And probably Pattinson will get the headlines and rightfully so, he does a fantastic job as Batman. But I think Kravitz is the unsung hero of this film and is probably the backbone because she's the only one that's... I don't know. She's the only one that brings a little bit of brightness. I think to the plot. She jokes more yeah. than than other people do. But she's like the only one that's not super dark and brooding all the time. She's dark and brooding for sure. But she's like got a little bit of fun in there. She's got like eighteen wardrobe changes where she's putting on wigs, taking them off. Mm-hmm. You know, she's trying to she's trying to rob people. Yeah, I don't know. She's, yeah, there's one point Batman
1: shows up like he usually does, unannounced and. You know, she jumps. She's like, "Can't you say hello at least once?" Yeah, you know? like she's she, like not expecting she, him. She
0: quips a little, and and I think that part's interesting. Uh, let's talk about Pattinson a little bit. Let's talk about Pattinson's okay. Batman. Um, so his Bruce is different. Wow. What's your take on on what Pattinson is doing in this film with the Bruce Wayne Batman character?
1: I um. I I, I saw a TikTok that was really funny, but. Uh, can I explain that, or is that spoiling it?
0: Um, it depends. It depends on what. I don't, I don't know. I try to be as spoiler free as possible. I think you can break it down though.
1: Okay. I just love. He just likes to take his time. I get as as the Batman, and there's just it's just like which that that also creates creates that like and that anticipation of like of the fear factor of like you hear him coming like in the dark and he's just slowly yeah you know and people are like wait what is that you know and right um so I I like. I lo- I love the Batman. I might be switched, honestly. I might I like I might like Pattinson's Batman, Batman more than Bruce, and Bale's Bruce more than Batman. Yeah, because as, as a Batman, I I really um, really enjoyed that, and we're going to talk about it. Looks like uh, later, but especially like the the hand to hand combat, um, I, I did enjoy uh, for him as the Batman.
0: Yeah, I think that um, he blurs the line, and that I don't even know if Bruce Wayne's really a character in this film. And I think that's kind of interesting because the classic Bruce Wayne, and this has been throughout all Batman medium, is what Bale was doing. And I think Bale has the best version of that. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, playboy billionaire by day and dark brooding character by night. And Pattinson's Batman is not interested in being a playboy billionaire at all. You know, he doesn't want to go to executive meetings. He doesn't want to be seen in public. He doesn't want to go out at all. Mm-hmm. And the only reason he does go out in public is because it's going to help him solve crimes as Batman. Yeah. I think that he is the Batman. You know, he says in this movie, I don't think it's a spoiler because it's in the trailer. He says, instead of saying, I am Batman, he says, I am vengeance. Because that's, that's, that's who he is. Mm-hmm. He's consumed by that. So he, like, inhabits really, he's the Batman even when he takes off the cow. Yeah. You know, and he, he, I think he's that singular person. He's kind of emo. In this film. Yeah. He's a little dark. He's brooding. He, you know, has his eye shadow that is dripping down his face when he takes off the cow and you know, he, he doesn't like want to talk him, yeah. to anybody and he's consumed by the murder of his parents and wants vengeance. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want justice. He's not and throughout the film obviously you he goes through a character change as all protagonists do in movies. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning of this film, he's not he he's hurting people because he wants people to pay, not yeah. because he's trying to keep others safe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do like that, and I love the aspect of like he just very he's he he investigates, and I love I love this take on Batman. As I and as you could probably tell, like in the trailer, that's he's very like crime solve like yes. that's his main key. And even as Bruce Wayne, I love just how he studies and he reads and he he gets data and information. Um, and I love that because like you assume that in the other Batman's like yeah they're studying information, and there's a little bit of that in the Dark Knight as well. Mm-hmm. But he, he, like, that's a big part of this movie is, like, him studying Absolutely. the film that he's, that's he's that been taken and this and that and the information he's getting. Like, he's actually reading through it and studying and putting together. And he
0: takes notes. Yeah. I mean, he has a diary. He takes notes of what he sees and what happens so he can refer back to them for, for later investigations. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I want to talk about one one more. Actually, two more kind of casting things before we move on to the other elements of this movie that we liked. Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Um, Colin Farrell is unrecognizable yep. in this role if you know Colin Farrell at all and then you will see this movie and see the Penguin You, I didn't figure it out I knew he was cast in this film I didn't figure out it was Colin Farrell until a good hour and a half and I was like I, when is Colin Farrell's character going to come on screen mm-hmm. Like, and I was like oh frick he's Penguin because yeah. you can see the accent slipped at one moment I don't even remember the exact moment it was mm. but it slipped for me at one moment where I was like ah buddy I got you that's you but he is so unrecognizable but he's he may be the driving, like, humor force mm-hmm. in this movie. He's funny. Yeah. And and I think the Penguin is a – it's a little bit more nuanced character than I've seen in, in the past. He's not just like a – I think a lot of times when I see the Penguin, he's just like a dude with a Napoleon complex that loves ice. Like, he's just short and just –
1: And has a cane or umbrella that shoots things. Yeah. Yeah, he's, like, ah, yeah, you he's know. a little
0: weird. But – and this one, he's really good. And I think the other strong tertiary character – which isn't tertiary. He he's even some points the main villain of this film is Carmine Falcone is uh, John Turturro, mm-hmm. who is just hamming it up, just being the most Italian mob boss guy of all time. He is so Italian in this film, and it's it's mm-hmm. fantastic with his creepy little mustache and his sitting you down and explaining things to him when he's talking with his hands. Yeah, it's so good.
1: Yeah uh both both did a good job jo- good job wow and uh yeah Colin Farrell I knew it was he was penguin but at first I saw that I was like no way wait did I like am I did I mess up wrong movie did I see something wrong you know <laughs> yeah. and uh I, he shared a story of he was in costume and said like hi to Jeffrey Wright on set and he just like walked by him cuz mm-hmm. he just like didn't recognize him as Colin you know <laughs> and he came back later and apologized and said like I didn't even recognize you you know um but yeah both of those guys did a good job but I think the main I think who who should we be talking about a lot is and he might I don't know, he may have gotten more screen time than Batman, which I don't think he did, but uh Paul Dano is the riddler. Um wow. Did an incredible job. He uh
0: He's creepy. I mean, yeah. He is he is a creepy man. And I think I like the fact that you know, you've seen Paul Dano, so this is not gonna come as a surprise. It's not really a spoiler, but this is not a physically imposing Riddler. You know, it's not like you're worried that the, at the end of this movie that Batman and Riddler are gonna have like a Dominic Toretto style showdown in a parking garage where they mm-hmm. just punch the daylights out of each other. Because this Riddler is going to lose a fistfight, and that's not—he's not using that weapon. He's using the weapon of his mind. But this is uh, continues Dana's career of just playing absolute creeps, um, menacing creeps that are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think, you now without trying to spoil too much of the specifics. He plays a lot on modern day villains, and what I mean by that is people in real life that we're unsure of and scared of. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of adapts those characters that you would look at, and you know, you would see, you you see a person's presence online, and you would see that the way that they talk and act about things, and it would shoot up, you know, kind of kind of send some fear in you. you. Yeah, you sense that person has ulterior motives, and his Riddler does that a lot.
1: Yeah, he, um, wow, uh, he did a very very good job, and. I won't say what he did, because I, I want people to see it, but he did take an aspect of Heath Ledger's Joker, uh, and I, I, I'm i glad he took this aspect, because I think he did a very, very good job, and I think he, I mean, obviously, when you see it, you'll realize it it is similar, but mm-hmm. he did it in his own way, mm-hmm. uh, and very creepy way, and just how he 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 did it, and so, Yeah please go watch this because it's tough for us not to like talk about more without giving it up, you know? Right,
0: and I think the one thing is that what we entered with, I want to I wanna hit on that right before we start directly comparing the movies, is the score. Michael Giacchino's score in this film is incredible. It, Batman's theme is played throughout at certain moments, and it never fails to get me hyped up for what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, you know, bomb, 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 bomb is something that will stick with you long after you see this film. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the strongest parts. Um, all right. So now we're going to do some direct direct comparisons. Um, I, first, let's go through the strengths of each. Let's go through some of the weaknesses. And then we're going to give our final verdicts on what, what each of us thinks. So first, let's go strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dark Knight. What do, you, what do you think are the main strengths of The Dark Knight? I know we have some listed, but what do you think they are?
1: Um, Uh, Heath Ledger's performance as the villain, again, I I mentioned, like, I I think it's one of the best villain performances of any superhero movie I've seen. Um, He just completely just kicked the crap out of that role and did Mm -hmm. above expected uh, of him. So that's my first uh, strength. What about you?
0: I think I think mine also, I would echo that sentiment but I would also say that what we talked about already Zimmer's score mm-hmm. is is so iconic and it's something that you you constantly think of um, Hans Zimmer obviously, you know, every time he's in a movie it's it's great dating all the way back to, you know, you remember Lion King, you remember mm-hmm. the score to Lion King and that's Zimmer. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that that is just echoes in my mind and I think about certain scenes and I think about Zimmer's score and it's Mm -hmm. one of the strongest things because it it just complements the movie so well in the action you know it feels like they were written together they weave together so well
1: what you're seeing on screen and what you're hearing Mm -hmm. and then I think we we, again we talked we talked about all these things but it's it's super important and a a big strength in the movie is is the Christopher Nolan's use of practical effects and um, right, not taking the easy way out, but right, he blew up a hospital in real life, and he uh, flipped a semi truck on its back in real life, and um, just a lot of this stuff that took time, much, much uh, time and and money to to get down, and uh, and I think that really helps one as a director, and, and in the film especially. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's
0: let's do let's do some strengths for for the Batman now. The first thing that I want to talk about is something I handed out, it's the environment. You know, you really feel like you're in Gotham City when you're watching this movie, and you really feel what what Batman is fighting and the, the grime and the dirtiness, and especially one of my favorite things about it is the use of, they use a club called the Iceberg Lounge in the film, and it feels mm. like a real place to me that I could go to, um, yeah. and it's kind of the seedy underbelly, and you can see from the layout and, and everything, what's going on, but there's even a more hidden part of the Iceberg Lounge that... That's even worse. And, you know, it's uh, this whole this whole movie you feel like you're in Gotham City. And I think that, you know, if I could critique Nolan's trilogy, I I feel like especially you can tell between the second and the third movie, he changes locations. He films in Pittsburgh for the third one. And mm-hmm. then the second one he's filming in Chicago. And I think that that that's throws confirmed, me right? off. Like He for yes. sure did film in Chicago. That throws me okay. off as it's not... It's not consistent. It doesn't feel like Gotham City is consistent. And of course, there's only one the Batman movie, so we don't have you know the second one, which I'm assuming we're going to get based off of the smash success that this one is critically mm-hmm. and commercially. Uh, but I really feel like I'm there.
1: Yeah. Uh, something for me is just the the hand to hand combat and the hand to hand fighting. Uh, really in every scene, but mainly with the Batman. Um, I don't know what he did differently, and I I, I do think I would imagine. I think it's just the lack of light, honestly, Mm -hmm. seeing less like showed more, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. just in the fighting, um, and just the shadows. And, and, uh, I just loved, I just loved how he shot that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that was a very a big a big strength of this Batman movie was the hand to hand combat.
0: Yeah. And and one I'll go one I'll go on is the something we didn't actually talk about in our initial discussion of the Batman but it's the cinematography I think is the film is shot beautifully and it goes along with this environment I'm talking about but it's the way that they use cameras you know the way that the way that they handle things. Uh, the cinematographer um, is Greg Frazier, who just recently did Dune, also did uh, Rogue One for Star Wars, one of the, probably the most beautiful Star Wars film, I would mm-hmm. say, and Zero Dark Thirty as well. So I I think that he does a great job of working with directors and getting their style and making it feel each movie feels unique and true. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this movie is dark and it, and it's brooding and it's menacing and you can feel that through every shot. Um, all right, let's let's now. Before we talk about weaknesses, I think we should both say that we loved both of these films. Yes. So these weaknesses are not, like, glaring ones that I really think it's, are issues. We
1: have to find something to critique, and it, here's what we've exactly. found kind of thing. So uh,
0: what, what would you say – I think I wrote down some weaknesses, but I don't know if these are necessarily yours. So what would you say the weaknesses are of The Dark Knight? Or what's one main weakness that you would point out?
1: Mm-hmm. I um, I think – and you wrote it on here, which I do agree – the the convoluted ending, I think – and, of course, you know, it's one of those things like, well, did he ha- He probably had more planned, which is why he didn't – he left it the way he did. Mm-hmm. Heath Ledger passing away, hard to control that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's like – I think if – again, not blaming Heath Ledger, I would like to put that out there. Absolutely. Like, had he not passed away, right, you'd be like, I cannot wait for this third movie. Like, right. Batman's on the run. Heath Ledger is w- somewhere. You mm-hmm. know, Scarecrow's out there. Like, so I think um, – he, he did have a plan, uh, and and then now, it, looking back, it's like, okay, that was a weird ending now, you know, and he had to change it up, but I do I do think the ending was, um, yeah, it's like, okay, where are we going to go from here? Yeah, I think... Um, it, and it's just unlucky. It's unfortunate that it happened the way it did. It
0: feels like it has a double ending, almost, of where, like, he beats the Joker and beats the Joker's plot, mm-hmm. um, but then you, like can't really care about that at all because you have to rush to him trying to find Dent and trying to save Gordon's family. And Mm -hmm. I think that that ends up kind of cheapening the effect of both of them. I think if you have one, it's great, but I think both kind of hurts you. I think at the end of this movie, you know, if Dent just is on the run and you don't know where he is and they just end with the Joker sequence, I think it's more impactful. I think Mm -hmm. maybe Nolan was trying to do too much. Um,
1: You don't – well, I'll I'll say this real quick. You don't think that – so do you think uh, Batman won? Or do you think Joker won because he got Batman – scrambling running to harvey gent i think batman joker won because
0: up. joker was proven wrong in the end by he wanted to he wanted everybody to be evil you know he wanted everybody proved that to everyone be, had that Prove that everybody was wrong and the fact that the ships don't blow up and he gets thwarted i think he mm-hmm. gets what he wants with batman but i don't think he wins wins overall hmm. um one of the weaknesses for me for the dark knight is i don't feel like i think we already talked about this i actually labeled it wrong when i wrote our outline but i don't feel like the batman is super fleshed out and uh Bruce's Batman especially like His hand to hand fights and stuff He feels kind of like an afterthought and everything Feels like a gadget fest more than it feels like He's actually living mm-hmm. in the scenario as, as Batman I think the voice is Iconic and the, the swear to Me that he says in, in begins And mm-hmm. um, I think where some of that she? stuff yeah the where is She and and the hitting of the Joker But I feel like especially in the action sequences I think he kind of handles them kind of Clumsily at some points especially it's like
1: very Like bricky blocky if that yes. makes sense and, and like the
0: fighting is not super fleshed out and it feels like it's more they're trying to distract you from the hand-to-hand fights more than showcase them mm. so that that would be a problem for me all right the batman weaknesses what what would you say are some of the weaknesses of that film
1: um i think we we mentioned it a little bit but i do think it was a little lengthy mm-hmm. um and I think I, I don't have a problem if like with a long movie, right? I've Right. I watched Zodiac and I've watched <laughs> Titanic. Like in those I like right. those movies. Those are very long. Um I just think it was very long and I do think um right, if it's gonna be that long, I feel like I, I I'm trying to remember, right, there's just so much information, but I also could like with this ending, like fill it with more um like an action, more intense moments, you know. Whereas like a lot of that, as you talk about, they're explaining the backstory or maybe he's it's a lot of investigating. that
0: adds to the length of the mm-hmm. film. Yeah.
1: Um, so I feel like some of it could have been cut, or maybe just filled with more sick mm-hmm. flying by the bat or hand-to-hand combat or whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. Seat, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's my that's my critique.
0: I think mine would be, um, and I, I I should say before I say this that I love this other film as well, but it feels kind of like the end of Return of the King for me at some points. Where you think that this is the end, and then it's not. And then you think that the next ending is the end, and then it's not. You know, famously in Return of the King, you're like, oh, the eagles picked him up off of Mount Doom. This movie is now over. Mm -hmm. And Peter Jackson's like, "Mm, there's another 45 minutes, buddy. You gotta strap in. And it feels like this one is obviously not that egregious, Mm -hmm. I think, especially in length time. But... It feels like there's just so many endings. You're like, you could have ended there. Oh, you could have ended there. Okay, you added that. You didn't need to add that. You could have ended there. You could have ended there. So there were a couple times yeah. where I was like, oh, this is the end of the movie, and then it's not. So I think that that kind of hurts a little bit. It kind of loses its steam as it gets to the end. Right,
1: because you want to build that, build that, yeah. build that, and then the finale. And then I think
0: it kind of like there's a finale, and then it dips, and then it continues to dip a little bit until you're like, okay, is this over yet? Um once again, I love this movie, so I that is very nitpicky. I think that it's still a good ending, mm-hmm. but I would have think I like, would have liked it more succinct. All right, um, the moment that maybe you've all been waiting for, or you've not been waiting for, but we're gonna each pick which one we think is better. Uh, I will I will let you do the honors first, Dirks. Uh, which Which one, the Dark Knight or the Batman? Which one are you going with? Is your is the best Batman movie? The one that you want? To be known Why as am I kind of nervous. nervous? I don't know. I um, do not know that.
1: <laughs> Man, this is tough. I think I was expecting this to be a good movie, the new the new one. I don't think I was expecting it to be as as good as well done as as what uh, Matt Reeves was able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, very very impressed with both, and honestly, I'm impressed with how kind of different it is from Nolan's original. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Man, this is tough. I think one thing is gonna push me towards one movie, and I just—I think it's just—I'm just still in awe of Heath Ledger's performance. Yeah, um, that's
0: what I expected you to do.
1: But I just it, absolutely completely in awe of his performance and what he was able to do. Um, so I think I'm gonna—I'm gonna choose The Dark Knight still. But man, it is tough. It is very, very, very close. Um, Like it might be a coin flip. If you made me flip a coin, it it not Harvey Dent. It was tails. Not Harvey Dent's two-sided heads coin, right? No, but if tails was the Batman and Lena tails, I might choose the like. It's it's pretty close, you Mm -hmm. know. And I think um, Hans Zimmer's score, um, and I think Heath Ledger's just performance of the Joker um, was just beautiful. And uh, I think it just tips the iceberg Mm -hmm. towards the Dark Knight for Mm -hmm. me. Um,
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna go the opposite direction which i guess kind of just works out for both of us uh we didn't tell each other which ones we were going to pick i had an assumption that that he was going to pick the dark knight it's one of his favorite movies ever so i i assumed david was going to do that and i don't begrudge you that pick at all because like you said i think it's very close but i will be picking the batman and i think it's for a couple of reasons um, and the first is I just love the atmosphere and I and I love what Batman himself does mm. in this film and I love the setting of Gotham City and it makes me want to spend more time in that world. I don't know that after watching Dark Knight, I want to spend more time in Nolan's Gotham and I want to learn more about the other characters. Mm. But in this one, you know they've already they've announced that there's going to be a penguin TV show and possibly a Gotham PD. Show on HBO Max, and I I don't love that everything now from every movie that's interesting is now going to get its own TV show, but I think that this one and the universe that they've created, I'm I'm excited to spend more time there, um, and I hope Reeves is directly involved with those. But yeah, I think I think that for me, this is the I like Batman more just mm-hmm. in this film, and I love the the way that Reeves handles the story. Um, I think that The Dark Knight has a legacy of kind of maybe setting the bar so high that nothing else after could come close and I think it actually ruined you could argue that it ruined Warner Brothers um the way that they approached the DC afterwards because Mm. they thought that everybody just wanted like dark grounded realism stories and that's how you get movies like Man of Steel and and the new Batfleck that yeah it's dark but it's supposed to be like kind of taking notes from Nolan with the giant action set pieces and stuff, and I don't think those have always worked. Um, but I think that that's not the Dark Knight's fault. It's just people taking the wrong message from it. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Batman just slightly edging mm-hmm. out the Dark Knight for me as, as the supreme numero uno best Batman movie.
1: Yeah, but yeah, check both out if you haven't, um, and let us know what you think because as obviously you can tell, we're both very close on what which one's um better um so yeah that's uh the lead up has been to that and we had <laughs> just dropped it we actually yeah we didn't even tell like I asked like do we want to know each other's and we both agree like now nah, let's just find out when we say it live so yeah um awesome
0: as you hear it you know that's when it's that's as it's coming out that's as the, as you would say sure you're hearing it as it comes out of my <laughs> mouth so
1: but um hey Thanks for listening this week. Uh, that's This has been uh, the Batman versus Dark Knight, kind of comparing the two, talking about both. Make sure you watch the new Batman and definitely watch the Dark Knight if you haven't seen it. Um, next week, we're planning to talk about what we're going to talk about this week. We may change it again. Yeah. don't know. But uh, as of now, it's just going to be our guilty pleasure movies, movies we like to uh, watch that we wouldn't admit in public. Or it might be uh, a sports segment. Uh, we're kind of talking about that now. Um, but don't forget to follow us on Twitter, uh, underscore W-D-Y-W-T-W underscore. DM us if you have any questions or show ideas or just want to yell at us. But uh, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah, play it.
0: Oh, yeah. Ah. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum bum. Thanks for listening, everybody.